Hi, this is Jonathan Tiersten from The Perfect House and Sleepaway Camp, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2014 in four weeks and beyond. Oh man, that's scary. Nah, that's so close. Good. No, actually, I get start getting excited. It's gonna be cool. Like I have a, a freaking erection right now. Oh, oh, oh get, get that away! No, no, that's, that's so close to my eye. I'm pointing it right at you, Brad. Because uh, stop it. Uh, June 1st, we're gonna make an announcement about Real Nerds, or around June 1st, hopefully, we'll make an announcement about Real Nerds. Uh, Participation show. in it. Yeah. Uh, we have something special coming up that we've organized. Yeah, it's in the pipeline. It's in the pipeline. Oh, we're in it, but I don't want to announce it until I know like the schedule. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, we're going to be there. We we'll want to give there. you the right information. Yeah. We'll be there. Plus, we'll have a little special something. I would say if you're planning to go to the con, um, all th- yeah, if you're going to plan-, plan to go to the con, block out some time to uh, come hang out. Come hang out in one of the uh, one of the rooms. Yeah. Yeah, and the first season of the pod show will day. be on Blu-ray DVD soon. Yeah. That's right. And we're going to have something special for those people as well. So stay tuned for exciting announcements about Denver Comic Con coming up. Uh, we also have been given the design for the t-shirt that Brad did that's pretty epic. Yeah. It's going to be cool. You guys like it? Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you didn't make me the fucking penguin, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your friend. I wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> I appreciate that. As much as I wanted to. I know. With it's the... so much easier to draw. Funny little <laughs> flappers and a long nose. Yeah, and a uh, cigarette. Holder. What are they? Those are even called cigarette I, stick. I don't it's know. called a Cruella Deville mouthpiece. <laughs> yes, the Cruella Deville. He's just cigarette holder. Is it cigarette holder? Yeah, it's just yeah. a cigarette holder. I don't know. I don't smoke. Yeah, I have no idea. But you, you know that actual smokers don't use those currently. Like they my, should. That'd like, be awesome. Like if tomorrow you decided to start smoking cigarettes, I was going to use it. Go on. Oh, I, you should you can't bring it back. So I'm smoking. going to. I'm going to start smoking <laughs> just so I can use a cigarette holder. I'd love to see that. Like that's like a hipster like, thing to do. It the, would be in the Qdoba behind the counter. Like people are coming up, and there you are with like a, a <laughs> 16 inch cigarette holder. Yeah, what burrito can I get you? So nah. why would they? I don't understand the concept behind it though. What's it for? It's probably to like keep the ashes from falling. And on you me. don't put it on your finger, I guess. Yeah, no, well, you're not actually touching the cigarette. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I guess I guess it makes sense. If so, all the smokers out there, please email us about what we'd use a Cruella Deville cigarette holder yeah. for. Well, and you got to remember, like they probably, you know, they it, it was it was a transition from smoking from like pipes and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So once you had like this easy little cigarette thing, you could, you know, you'd want to have something you put it in. Naturally. The pipes are cool. Totally, yeah, yeah, they make you look educated. They do, and with your tweed jacket uh-huh. with the the patches on the elbow. That's why I smoke. Yep, everybody should. I always laugh now that movie ratings, in case you're wondering what real nerds do, we go see a new movie every week and we broadcast our experience to the world. This week, we actually had the fortune of seeing two new movies. We did. Uh, We saw Blue Ruin, which is an independent revenge thriller. Um, Karen, the amazing manager at the Alamo Draft House. The other movie we saw, which is Neighbors. Which is another revenge. It is kind of revenge. Totally, yeah. Uh, Studio-sized revenge uh, movie. So, Karen, at Alamo, thank you for introducing us to Blue Ruin. To see what we felt about both those movies, please stay tuned to the end of the show where we review the movie and spoil the shit out of them. (laughs) Well, we should try to not spoil Blue Ruin very much, uh, as best we can, since it's it's like just released in Denver and hasn't been out for very long. But we'll do our best. Yeah, we'll see. 
I'm going to spoil it because I don't care. All right, fine. Because you know what? You know, every week we get we talk about movie news, what's coming out on Blu-ray, some comic book news, a comic book you should be reading, um, you know, what we've been watching. But this week, the return of Dan from Ohio has sent us an email. And you know what? I'm not going to read it because it pisses me off. So, Brad, <laughs> you're going to read Dan. Awesome. I get to read something. Dan's from Ohio's email. That's funny. And when you when you say the name of the the title of this email, you'll know why too. Hang on, I just got a new. Well, it's not literally. They're still producing producing stuff. Um, oh, oh, dude, don't be a dick. Why? <laughs> what, what have they ever done for me? <laughs> what have they ever done for me? They've been on my show twice. I promote them, and they don't even do anything for me. I know. You well, they were they were six episodes of a web series. I know. I don't see any re- reposts about that. Yeah, and they were in. One they don't even listen to us. They pretend they do. They don't. Haven't heard anything. <laughs> Anyways, That's this is fan mail. Thing. All right, this is a letter from, or a letter, email from Dan from Ohio. He was so titled, uh, uh, unimpressed that he actually sent it through the mail. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with the great title of Spider, meh. Oh, I get it. Yeah, I wish I'd titled last week's show that. <laughs> oh, you dick. The amazing Spider, meh. There were two weeks funny. where I t- titled a show like bland in the title. I was like, oh, what the yeah. fuck did I do? You could just call it the Amazing Spider-Man too. save yourself that. Or Nerd Sendence, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's what happens when I get overworked. Oh, transcendence. Bad ideas. Bad. Anyway, greetings. Please okay. don't take offense. Whoa. I, he knew. He knows who he's talking to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he knows where this is. Might he's like he like approaches the throne, groveling, like, <laughs> "Hello, sir." Okay, go ahead. Please don't take offense, but I don't get you sycophantic Spider-Man fans, particularly Ooh. Web Spider-Man. These amazing Spider-Man films couldn't be more generic, in my opinion, and don't have any of the heart of Raimi's first two films. I agree. I agree, Dan. I disagree. Rather than being emotionally engaged, (coughs) rather than being emotionally engaged as you were, I felt manipulated. Aunt May's speech about raising Peter, Gwen's death, the kid standing up to the rhino—they all felt like contrived and obvious attempts to manipulate the audience. And this tone is ever-present with the Gwen Stacy character, as the film is constantly telegraphing her fate. Uh, no comments? I would agree that there is, a, there is an exorbitant, finish. There's okay. an exorbitant amount of, fore- of foreshadowing there, but for somebody like my parents who don't know that story, I think it works really well, because um, that's what they told me. I feel like um, they have to, because it's the only story in the movie. <laughs> it's the most interesting and impactful story in the, mo- in the yeah. movie. Well, why do you need more stories in a movie? Shouldn't it just be telling one story, a focused narrative? <laughs> True. But, <laughs> but when they throw in all those other threads, they should also have strong stories of their own. So what you're that saying is that they, that should, story. they should be able to make a superhero movie where he never fights a villain? No. I'm saying if he's going to fight a villain, it should have some kind of strong, meaningful connection to... Anyway. Oh, like changing like, the Joker's uh, origin story where he kills Batman's parents? Lame. <laughs> <laughs> That's not this scenario at all. Uh, I'll grant you that it's harder today for a comic book film to rise above the fold and be a game changer like the original Spider-Man, uh, The Dark Knight, or Iron Man. But The Amazing Spider-Man 2 seems to be playing it especially safe and has no longer aim, and has no larger aim than fan service. Excelsior! <laughs> uh, I... I disagree with the argument that it is harder for a comic book movie to rise above now. Um, I actually think if you look at a movie like uh, like The Winter Soldier, where they are 
deliberately trying to make that movie into like a sort of spy thrillery kind of, you know, they're trying to break out of the genre that they're in. Um, I think it's actually a whole lot easier to do something like that with comic books now because people understand the genre and actually want to see it grow outside of what they are. Um, but yeah, all of his complaints are the things that I fully expected from other people in the movie. I just don't agree. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I still think that, that the Gwen, uh, Gwen Stacy story is really, really solid in that movie. And I don't think it's pandering. I think it's, it's I, cause they I think already have the template for it. They I think didn't really write it. Yeah. They just I, adapted it. Right. They did. But, but I mean, that's true for a lot of movies. Like, so it wasn't hard to do. That's what I'm saying. Uh, why Why does it have to be hard to do? Why does the story have to be hard to do? No, I'm not saying it has to be hard to do. I'm just saying like it wasn't like it, it succeeded because the work was already done for them. No. Whereas they had to take Electro instead of just a, obviously his story is lame in the comics. Is from what I heard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get struck by lightning. But they didn't do much better with it is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I had this other opportunity to make a better story out of that and tie it into, like, make it part of the Gwen Stacy death story, and they just didn't do that, so... I agree. Um, Missed opportunity. But I... uh, I don't know that I really feel like Elector needed to be that important. Um, I mean, it... Yeah. Um, In the same way that, like... Well... Everyone I've talked to said, like, Elector's whole motivation and story is just like one of the weakest it, things in the movie it, no i i agree with you yeah yeah electro is the weakest part of the movie he's also really cool though like he just he's, he's visually the, cool the, the fight sure. scenes are really cool that's what's really disappointing that's about all it. it that's all it really brings to the film um yeah i i i will agree that i think that the especially because the the similar moment in amazing spider-man one is so much better the little boy putting on the mask and running up to rhino is totally pandering um but and especially considering that they did the exact same scene in the first movie and it was so much more powerful in the first movie. Um, but it's, it's really there because of Peter Parker showing up and, and like, and becoming Spider-Man again. That's really what it's about. It's not necessarily about the kid showing, uh, like, um, standing up to the rhino, but yeah, to me it isn't because the whole, the whole story arc and to me, Electro isn't even the focus of the movie. The focus of the movie is Peter and Gwen, which it should be. Yeah, and it, that's true. But I'm saying, like, if you're going to put those other elements in, they have to mean something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't entirely. To be a good movie, they have to be relevant to that story. I don't think that all of the elements, like the the reason that they are relevant to the Gwen Stacy story, is because those are the events that lead to spoilers. Her death. It could have right? been the like, Green Goblin. No, it it couldn't yeah. be because what happened in the story, like the the, you have to look at the two stories as sort of being separate. So there's the story of what Oscorp is doing and how that is like building these villains that are going to um, wreak havoc through Peter's Park, Peter Parker's life and his choice of whether or not to engage in that world and fight those villains and the knowledge that his connection with Gwen Stacy. Um, the closer he is to her, the more she is in danger, and he pays the consequence for that. So the villain could be anyone. The only reason it's the goblin is because that's like the traditional story. If the rhino had killed Gwen Stacy, Ryan would have been kind of pissed, right? So the who the villain is in the movie doesn't really matter. The, the villain is there on its own story. 
the villain could have been fucking like somebody new. It could have been goddamn Bane who shows up and is like, um, I'm going to destroy the city. And then at the end, he just kills Gwen Stacy. And it doesn't matter if his story actually relates to Gwen Stacy uh, or has any kind of like foil going on with Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy dies because of her relationship with Peter Parker. Um, so I don't necessarily like, yes. I'm saying it'd be a stronger story if it did. Yeah, and apparently it would people be. would have enjoyed it more. It because... would be. It would have been stronger, but that doesn't mean that it's wrong or bad now. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I yeah, um Yeah, I just don't think that those two things have to be completely the same. Honestly, a lot of times when they are, it's even more heavy-handed. Like when your villain is always a foil for the superhero, um you know, Bane is not a foil for batman he's not honestly bane's not much of a villain at all like he's big and and dangerous but as a foil like he doesn't really in some of the fear issues i guess he does reflect batman but um you mean like the antithesis or something like what do you what's your idea of foil a foil uh sorry so a foil is a um a character so han solo han solo is a foil for luke skywalker it's a character that is Similar in some ways, but different enough that it reflects back to us the things that are special about that care about our hero, right? Um, so, the Joker is a foil for Batman in that he is similarly he has some of the same ideas, but takes them to a far more chaotic place. Um, Belloc is a foil for Indiana Jones. That's the big one, right? Um, so yeah, he's himself, I, I, but the extreme. Um, no, it's not always that. Like sometimes a foil is an extreme. Sometimes a foil is just like different, un- just different enough in a certain ways that it it brings out certain characteristics in our in our hero. Um, Belloc is the big one. So like Belloc cares more about like profit. Uh, it's not even profit. Like he really thinks that he is closer to the artifacts than he really is. Um, Whereas Indiana Jones is still very much a person in the modern time and isn't like, isn't necessarily interested in getting power. Um, anyway, we've gone on a weird little bunny yeah, trail here. I was gonna but say like, even in I would even like concede that in The Dark Knight Rises, like Bane could have had a, had a stronger connection to as a villain. Yeah. To that story, yeah. instead he actually got neutered by having Talia. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, be mastermind at the end, so. Yeah, and and I'm not saying that, like, yeah, it's what I said last week. Like, Electro's not the best villain. He ends up not really being the main villain, either. He ends up being a henchman. Yeah. Um, he's really just sort of cool to look at, and the action scenes are really neat. Um, the, the, this is a... It's a more cartoon Spider-Man movie. Hey, um, Ryan, are you still here? Yeah, I know. I'm not going <laughs> to interrupt. It's the same thing as last week. I think I'm <laughs> saying everything that Ryan would want to say to defend this movie. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to... You know, talk to Spider-Man fans because the—that's who they're making it for. Or first, I think because you have to get people who love the character behind him first, behind the movie, and then they everybody else can tell you how great it is. You know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean that's fine. I, I everything that Dan said in the email is that all the arguments I've already read, I've heard about it, and I don't. Um, I mean, I would never get on somebody's case for not liking it. Yeah. But I think you do, in a way, you, yeah, you do have to make the Green Goblin the one who kills Gwen Stacy. You do have to have 
uh, Spider-Man be quippy and funny. And you do have to have that redemption moment for him mm-hmm. um, because, I mean, he's responsible for the deaths of two people. And just, you know, and he has to find it in himself to come back because everybody, he knows that. Three people. Spy- yeah, well, yeah, three. And Spider-Man is bigger than, Spider-Man as a, as in a symbol is bigger than Peter Parker. And that's why, oh, yeah, I mean, as some people may not like the little kid standing up to Spider-Man, but that's not what I thought was effective and why I shed a tear at that point. Yeah. To me, what was effective is, no, Spider-Man is a symbol of hope and courage to everybody. And by Peter not accepting that even when all these bad things have happened to people he loves, then he's turning his back on who he really is. And that's who Spider-Man is to me. That's why it doesn't matter who's underneath the mask. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Spider-Man is a symbol of hope. That was a Batman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, thanks, Dan. Haven't heard from him long, so I appreciate it. Even if you don't like the movies I like because you're cold and heartless, <laughs> just like Brad. I so, won't apologize for my black heart. No? <laughs> uh, we also got a comment on one of our YouTube videos. What? Yeah. People ep- are watching the show? Yeah. We're on YouTube? Yeah, episode five. Somebody left a message that said, hey, I got invited to his house. Maybe I shouldn't go either. So <laughs> We're doing oh, good. We're, we're saving lives. We're, 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 saving we're lives. warning people not to go hang out with Jonathan <laughs> Tierston. Um, just a couple of quick notes, though, too, about that stuff. Uh, May 27th, Jonathan Tierston's... Uh, Classic horror film is available on Blu-ray for the first time. You can buy it from ScreamFactory.com. If you pre-order it right now, you can get an actual sweet poster oh, really? for it. And also, May 27th, On Demand, Delivery, The Beast Within, will be available for you to stream on iTunes and a- Amazon. From You can listen to our interview with a director and writer of that ep- of uh, that film that we saw at Telluride Horror. And it'll be available to purchase on Blu-ray on May 30th. So make sure you support those guys. Very yeah. cool. Because they supported us and we appreciate it. And when does the battery come out? It comes out soon as well, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, I have to check shoot, that out. Yeah, also from Screen Factory. Well, that batteries are already on demand. So Yeah, you yeah but no, they're, they're getting an actual Blu-ray, Yeah, um, which I've been waiting. Because I've, I've owned the, the digital version for a while, uh, but I, I, I want to I have a physical one so I can... And hopefully there's it. commentary or something on it. I don't know, I remember, it's oh, a, that'd be cool. It's, it's a Screen Factory. There should be so our sure interview that. on it. Yeah, Motherfuckers. Hey, they could take our interview. That's fine. For sure. No, no, no. I'm just saying. That's, I wish hey, it was on hey Scream Factory, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to take our interview with uh, the battery people, take it. Yeah. yeah take just, it. Just credit us, at least. Yeah, just credit us. I don't want any money. I just want credit. <laughs> cool. So, cool. yeah, I just wanted to give those little shout outs to people that have helped us out. Maybe a DVD ROM link to the website. Yeah. <laughs> DVD ROM. We'll, we'll put Blue a link Ray on ROM it so Blue you Ray can ROM. click from our website to, the, yeah. to buy it directly from you guys. <laughs> Uh, hey, you know what? I'm tired of this negative Spider-Man talk. Let's talk about box office numbers. Okay. This is the box office stats. The Amazing Spider-Man 2, number one, with $91.6 million mm-hmm. in the bag. Which <laughs> apparently is a disappointment? What the yeah, fuck? Yeah. yeah, right? I guess. And, and $400 million already worldwide. That's... Yeah, we, when it's not like summer season, there's movies that, like, the number one movie is like $30 million. It's yeah. like, success! But when the Spider-Man comes out, <laughs> I, I don't get it. Which I, I guess because it has a larger budget, like that's important. But it already made its entire budget back overseas before it came out in the U.S. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I mean, their their argument is that the the Raimi ones and even Amazing Spider-Man did so well initially. But 
You're in your fifth movie. You're, you're in your fifth that. movie in 14 years and it's still opening over $90 million. I, I know uh, John Carter would kill for that opening. <laughs> yeah. Battleship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 47 Ronin. Name a, name a movie that doesn't have... Uh, I did. 47 Ronin. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, uh, what else? Taylor Kitsch. There's something else, like, I think... Uh, Pacific Rim. Early this year. Pacific Rim didn't even gross $100 million. So, uh, so some movies, you know, they uh, kill for that opening. Yeah. But the movie that we saw last week, Heaven is for Real, came in at number three. It eight did. Eight million dollars. Heaven is for Real. That's a box office success, guys. Forty oh, million dollars. <laughs> like fifty-two <laughs> or something. Uh, seventy-one actually. Is that seventy-one million? We're worldwide, sixty-nine uh, domestically, yeah. uh, and it only cost twelve million to make. So they are laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah. Well, you Christians, know, they turn out. They do. They even turn out for Son of God, which is just a repackaged History Channel movie. Yeah. I cannot believe that one did well. Yeah. Even when I saw it, I said, is this a Creed video? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for Hire to show up. Man. I'm going to keep this going. Comic Book Corner. Okay. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. It's, you, to, it's totally your week, dude. Like yeah. We're, we're not going to fight on this one. Like, uh, Amazing Spider-Man number one came out. Uh, the relaunch of Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man. What? Yeah, I know. Finally. Um, and hey, you know what's great about a Spider-Man book? Does it tell is the origin it's fun of, again? Does it tell the origin of Spider-Man? Because it's issue one. Uh, you know, there is like a little two-page really? uh, retelling. But what's really cool is Spidey gets, well, Peter gets bit. And he you know goes, oh, and the spider falls off him. And it crawls and bites some girl on the leg. Really? Yeah, so they're telling a little different story. Um, and then he, and it's Gwen Stacy, and they fall in love and have spider babies. No. Like half spider, half person babies. Sorry, I was distracted by the Rockies yeah. game. So this new Amazing Spider-Man one isn't a continuation of the Superior? Like, it, Well, yeah, it, it is. is. He's it's just saying, like, the first two, in, in case somebody did pick it up as an issue one, the first two pages are like a, a origin a, recap. Oh, okay, yeah. gotcha. But, but they have a little, you know, extra salsa on it because you see that the spider bit somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else? Uh, so yeah, the story is just, uh, Pete is, Pete is back. Um, he's trying to get acclimated to, uh, to life, whatever Otto did to him. Um, and so he's, he's a doctor now and he has his own company called Peter Parker Labs and he's trying to understand what Otto exactly did and he can't figure it out. And the, the story is really funny. He's just, it's. It's good just to have Peter Parker be back and be funny. Yeah. Um, he's fighting the White Rabbit, which is this goofy character with this, like, hot chick in this, like, bikini and a rabbit outfit <laughs> and has a machine gun for an uh, umbrella. <laughs> I mean, she's been around for years, but yeah. uh, she's always been, you know, like a punching bag uh, for Pete. And uh, he loses his costume, except for, so he has to make uh, web boxers. And uh, it, it's really funny. And it's just, it's good to see Spider-Man back. Um, yeah. Is it a new writer from the... No. So hmm. that guy's okay. Yeah, when he tells, I've been saying this a long time about Dan Slott. When he tells contained Spider-Man stories, he's really good. Hmm. He's it's even his... better when he has Christos Gage right with him, um, because there is a little backup story in this. There's a a little throwaway thing in um, Superior Spider-Man where the Black Cat said like, "Hey, Spider," and um, she just got like socked by Spider-Man because Otto Octavius didn't like Black Cat. And so there's a backup story where okay. the black cat is evil and she's going to take down Spider-Man. And so I, I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, so I have a bunch of little interesting things. It's just cool to see Spider-Man back. When he was Superior Spider-Man uh, at Doc Ock, was he banging Mary Jane? No. Luckily. Well, he tried to get with her. 
I was so disgusted with that book. He also shot some criminal in the head with a gun. <laughs> you can you imagine like Peter Parker being oh, the, like, in the back of his mind, having to watch all of it, and then... <laughs> yeah, right. No, no, no! <laughs> <laughs> um, but the cliffhanger is his uh, Otto Octavius uh, Octopeter was dating this midget named Anna Marie, and, uh, and Peter comes back to their apartment they shared together, and he didn't know she was there. And she, the cliffhanger is like, so how long, when are you going to tell me you were Spider-Man? And uh, oh no! And he said, "How do you know I'm Spider Man?" She's like, "I know the freckles on your butt because he was naked on TV." So <laughs> that was a, that was a cliffhanger. Um, so it's interesting. It'll be fun. It's good to have Pete back. Cool. Go Spider Man. Hey, what's coming out on Blu-ray and DVD next week? DVD releases and Blu-rays. So the number one of next week from the producers of Underworld is I Frankenstein oh, 3D. Nice. If it was unrated, I might see it again. Just kidding. I will never see that movie again. I was going to say, what could they What could they have left on the cutting room floor that would be so good that makes that movie Don't good? Don't you wish that was this year's Hansel and Gretel? I oh, wanted dude, it to be so, so bad. bad. Like, I'm, and there's a part of me that wonders, like, was, were my expectations for I, Frankenstein too high? Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> Do I need no, to watch it again just no. in case I had unrealistic expectations for I, Frankenstein? <laughs> right. No, that's not it. Um, Her is coming out this week, which is good because I never got a chance to see it. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to checking that out. Uh, the first season of Orange is the New Black is coming onto uh, DVD this week, which I don't... Uh, it's really weird to me that Netflix like puts out Blu-rays of their shows. I mean, it's cool. Well, I think they but... do it, too, because if you don't have Netflix and then you buy the Blu-ray or DVD, like, oh, cool, I'm going to subscribe. True. That is true. That's probably exactly what it doesn't cost them that much money. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, that Awkward Moment starring Zac Efron and Miles Teller. Um, hey, we saw that movie. Yeah. We we did. It was remember when you saw their those butts? those guys are really great, yep. even in that movie. Uh, Eastbound and Down season four uh, is nice. this week. Nice. Yes. Candy fucking paps. Season yep. season two of Longmire. Uh, there's a movie called Stalingrad, which I believe is a. Uh, I I mean, I, th- I think it's actually like a Russian produced movie. I don't mean. I mean, obviously it's Russian, but I've seen stuff about Stalingrad for a while. Uh, but the really cool thing worth checking out is. Poseidon Rex comes out this week. Nice. This is uh, a T Rex that seemingly you know actually comes I out was... of the water and eats bikini-clad women running in the ocean. Nice. You know, actually, when we were at Trademark today, if you still wrote shit show reviews, there's literally a whole shelf was like mega croc, mega dinosaur, oh, mega shit. shark, mega shark croc. Oh man, <laughs> that's all. That's I was pretty of. good. Oh, dude, I kind of am interested in. Poseidon Rex. <laughs> they fight they according to the cover of the blue of the DVD. And those have never misled blue. you before. Uh, no, no, He's no. Like, I'm, they I'm they fight her, it. But I really want to see Poseidon Rex. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that artsy uh, fartsy bullshit. They're gonna fight it with helicopters with giant machine guns on the side. That's how you fight a giant here's the thing. This thing is way bigger than a T Rex. This doesn't make any goddamn sense. Well, it's not from just that it's Poseidon. coming from the ocean. Maybe Poseidon fucks the T Rex. Maybe it's like, and... yeah, it's Poseidon's dog. <laughs> that'd be, that'd that be would be really like Poseidon cool. came out like holding a couple T-Rexes yeah. instead of water horses or whatever it is. Oh hell yeah. That would be really cool. I don't think it has arms either. I don't see I don't see its little like tiny little arms. This Maybe is this is nonsense. They work better not having them underwater. That maybe <laughs> Yeah, well maybe yeah, maybe he's got gills. Well, he could use his tail to swim. That would I mean. be cool. Oh, dude. <laughs> T-Rex probably would be more bad at, like, way more dangerous underwater if it yeah. had, like, an agile tail, like an well, alligator. Well, no. You know, according to Jim Hor- uh, James Horner on the 
Jurassic Park Blu-ray, a T-Rex could run up to 55 miles an hour. That's pretty fast. <laughs> Wait, why were <laughs> people listening? a great white shark body with a T-Rex head. <laughs> well, no, he was talking about the movement of T-Rex because he's a paleontologist. Oh, he's, oh uh, yeah, yeah. He's the uh, consultant on Jurassic right. Park. I was thinking James Horner, the uh, composer. I was like, that, why would he have anything to do with that? <laughs> anyway. So, that's the DVDs. Cool. You know what we also do, guys? We watch movies. This is what we've been watching this week. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Oh, shit. I watched so much shit this week. Oh, yeah. And I'm just kidding. Uh, I rewatched You've Got Mail. I haven't seen it in years. Hell, yeah. Uh, the movie's still cute. Yeah. Um, I always love when Tom Hanks kind of plays the not... <sighs> I don't know how to describe it. Not like, necessarily the best person. Yeah, not necessarily. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's kind of a schmuck in it. Mm-hmm. But he's still, you know, but that's like his day job. He's the schmuck. But yeah. when he gets on America Online, you've got meow. Like the biggest product placement ever. Yeah. Um, he's, you know, who he really is. And he's, uh, Parker Posey's really funny in it as his girlfriend. Um, Greg Kinnear's funny as Meg Ryan's boyfriend. Because uh, he's like the douchiest newspaper columnist i forget his name but he always oh, writes yeah. like douchey newspaper reports um yeah the movie's fun absolutely i really love that movie uh you know it i don't know i just really enjoy it it's, you know every once in a while you need to see a movie where you don't have to deal with heavy issue stuff yeah the I mean, heavy issue is these two don't like each other one guy owns a barnes and noble and she owns a little corner bookstore <laughs> stuff we can all relate to <laughs> yeah but it's, it is funny, too. I mean, that movie is 98, but it's already, like, super dated on internet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because it has oh, a yeah. dial-up tone and and things like that. It's great. Yeah, if you showed that to somebody today, like a kid today, they would have <laughs> no understanding of what was going on. They'd be like, what's a book? Just kidding. <laughs> uh, what do you mean I've got mail? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does, does American Online even exist anymore? I think yeah. they do. Oh, yeah, yeah, But maybe it's just a different, it's not a it's, provider like that. Yeah. Yahoo, aren't they? Um. Ooh, I think they are affiliated yeah. now. I'm not sure though. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, because the um, yeah, they still run like instant messenger and that kind of stuff. But uh, you can still have an AOL email address if you want to not get jobs. <laughs> they, they judge you on that. I still have all those installations yeah. they sent through the mail from the '90s. First the yeah. floppies, then oh, the yeah. CDs. They used to come in the back of Wizards. Yeah. I uh for a, for a while I was collecting some of the cool ones so I had like the the Lord of the Rings AOL disc um but I threw them out a couple of years ago because yeah, that really was stupid so, yeah <laughs> right yeah along with like like the empty Mountain Dew cans that had Star Wars Episode One figures on the outside or you know people <laughs> on the outside of them I threw those away too you didn't keep the Padme Dick. No, I had a Padme for a while I really did unless you go to eBay right now and double check. <laughs> <laughs> I'd look at Padme's skirt if I had her action figure. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was just her face on the outside of the Mountain Dew can. Mm. Well, I think now you know what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> you cut a hole in the bottom of the can. and <laughs> Total. Uh, I also watched Frozen again. Uh, actually, yeah. I watched it today. Uh, the, the Blu-ray is stunning. I mean, the one thing about Disney is all their Blu-rays look amazing. Yeah. For some reason... They have this, I don't know, they they must spend more time restoring their movies or making sure the transfer is really good. Oh, they totally do. It's uh, why it's why their, DV, their Blu-rays never get cheaper. Right? Yeah, like, dude. they're always $24. Yeah, right, except The Incredibles is always $37. I know. No matter where you go to get it. Well, oh it's, it's probably in the vault. 
it's a completely computer generated movie, so I don't really have to worry about film grain. So. Well, yeah, no, I know. I'm just saying yeah, in no, general, no. though. But just the way they build their Blu-rays, like everything about it. You put in a a, a Disney produced Blu-ray, um, and the the actual Blu-ray experience of getting to menus and all that stuff is so oh, much yeah. better. They're the, they're uh, the, the ones who that's really embrace. Yeah, the what Blu-ray you can stuff. do, with and it, that's why yeah. they only have you know two vault releases a year, and yeah, well, big ones. I mean, they always put out the Tinkerbell's Biggest Adventure, yeah, or something. But you know, uh, or like Oliver and Company will come out in the middle of their two big releases, yeah, and they still treat it really good. Like the the Great Mouse Detective, yeah, looks freaking amazing because, and you always know how amazing it looks because the cool thing about Disney too is they pour over all their old special features onto the Blu-rays. Mm. So I was watching. You know, the making of The Great Mouse Detective, and it looks horrible on standard definition. <laughs> it looks amazing on Blu-ray. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was a that was a fun one. And I, I, the movie is incredible. And what's really funny is um, the special features aren't that good. Except, on Frozen, you mean? Yeah, on Frozen. But you click on the making of Frozen, and it's a huge musical and dance number with Josh, G- uh, Josh G- Gad and Kristen Bell, and wow. it's there's like this is how we made Frozen, and they're all singing, and it goes except we really don't know, and that's the end of it. And they all walk away. It's like this huge musical production, huh? That's like five minutes long. Wow. Yeah, and then the other special feature on it is uh, besides the Mickey Mouse short, which is really great, but uh, is they go back to the Disney archives how they're trying to make a ride based on the Snow Queen when Disneyland first opened. Yeah, and uh, they never got around to it. That's the only other special feature on it. Weird. Hmm. It's probably because they're going to double dip because once they make that Maybe. into a franchise, they're going to... No, I read like, an uh, interview with the director. They don't want to make a sequel. Didn't they also refer to it as like one of their top franchises right now, though? I know if you go to their Disney parks, didn't? they only let you buy five items from the movie because they're having a shortage of items. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Um, yeah. So cool. That was great. And uh, the last thing I watched was... Uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. No shit, I watched that this week. <laughs> did you really? I totally did. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. Because I, I was going to bring it up as an example of really, really horrible Blu-ray experiences. Yeah, because like the menu is just the worst. It is, but the features are really cool on it. Did you watch yeah. the features? Uh, no, I haven't yet. They have this cool interview with John Candy, Steve Martin. It's like a press event at yeah. an airport, and John uses there. It's really interesting. Um, I but the movie's how, funny. Oh yeah, I forgot how uh, much swearing and like dirty jokes there are in that movie. Yeah, like, well, by comparison to most John Hughes movies. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Well, there's that one part where Steve Martin. Re- come, have you ever seen the movie? Yeah. Uh, where he comes back with you know the rental car agreement. I fucking lost it in the fucking parking oh, yeah. lot. You left me fucking half a fucking mile away. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> super, I think uh, it, it, he says it 26 times or something yeah. in that whole area. And it's funny because I was watching the special features with John Hughes. You're fucked. And. Uh, he said, yeah, we were really worried that the MPAA would give us an X rating. <laughs> and I said, I think the Wolf of Wall Street, they say it 347 well, that was times. Back in the 80s. Yeah, also somebody yeah. like, you know, licks cocaine out of a hooker's yeah. ass. It's just um, so funny. How that, f- that was the one that shocked me was the jokes about, um, oh, man, about his balls. Um, when they're driving in the car together mm-hmm. and John Candy starts talking about uh, Steve Martin's balls. Did you get it because the Blu-ray is five bucks at? Best Buy. That's why I got it. Uh, no, I've had it for I've had it for a little while. Mm. Um, I just hadn't had a chance to watch it yet. Yeah. So. <laughs> so it was fun. You know, there's there's some surreal moments too when John Candy is driving the wrong way on the freeway. Yeah, and they go in between the two trucks, and <laughs> Steve Martin looks over, and John Candy's the devil and laughing. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just uh, it's just funny. Yeah, and the, the movie's just silly, mm. and it would never you know, it's just 
funny. Yeah, but it's also really... It's one of my favorite John Hughes just because of how genuinely heartwarming that movie is. Yeah, and I um, forgot watching it too, the, that speech that John Candy gives him in the hotel room yeah. is repeated verbatim on Family Guy at one point. I forget oh, really? the episode. Oh. And I forget in what context, but he's like, yeah, maybe I wasn't the guy I was supposed to be. You know, but I like me. But I like me. <laughs> yeah. My wife so. likes me. Oh, that's the thing, yeah. man. When you watch it, no, you know, now watching yeah. it, having knowing how it ends, like when he says that line, "My wife likes me," you're just like, "Fuck." Yeah, it's that's a great movie. It's still, you know, John, Uncle Buck is still my favorite. But I've seen that one in years. Oh, the I have the Blu-ray. You should see it. I should. I, I'll, maybe really I'll get. I'm sure I probably get four bucks on Blu-ray. Oh yeah, yeah. You no, know, the cheap. only I haven't seen it in so long. The only thing I remember in that is when he's flipping the huge pancake. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know oh, why. It's only th- and uh, the song that's playing at that point. Yeah, it's. Um, I think it's the least like. It's one of the ones people don't talk about the most, but I think it is the the best story that he ever told. Hmm. Um, just really great characters in that movie, uh, and I loved. Plus, like it ends and John Candy's like, it, it it freeze frames on John Candy sort of waving, and I yeah, it makes me. He sad. died so young. I know. You know, he's been dead for twenty years. Can you believe yeah. that? No, that's horrible. That's horrible. So, I need to go work out and lose some weight, <laughs> and not do cocaine. Yeah, yeah. Just don't, just don't wreck your body. Yeah, uh, that's what I watched you this sure? week. What you didn't watch anything else? What else did I watch? <laughs> Why is he? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. There is <laughs> something <laughs> you're. Even <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Brad, right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go get something to drink, guys. Bye. <laughs> I've totally forgot. Thanks, Brad. Um, yeah, twenty four came back this yeah, week. Yeah, wow, I can't believe that spaced. That's maybe because we talked about it yesterday. Yeah. Faced it. <laughs> um, but yeah, 24 came back after four years, I believe. 2010? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jack's been on the run because at the end of the series, he goes rogue because his final day went really bad. Yep. He uh, threatened to kill the Russian president. Yep. And uh, that's a no-no, I guess. So <laughs> despite that the Russian president was doing bad things. I know. Um and yeah, so there's it's like half of the internet has threatened to kill the Russian president. No, uh, but yeah, so Jackson hiding, and um, the CIA finds him in London, and uh, he he gets captured, and you find out that maybe he got captured because Chloe was actually captured as well because he's trying to locate uh, a certain individual. He who, wanted the CIA. To he did. Catch him. He did. Mm-hmm. That you know. Uh, the first hour, because it was a two-hour premiere, it was pretty good. It, it was just kind of setting up the story. Um, President Heller, who used to be the Secretary of State, I believe, correct? Or Secretary of Defense. Or Secretary of Defense. Yeah. One of those. Anyway, Secretary Heller. Um, yeah. Uh, he's the president now, but he's also suffering from either Alzheimer's or dementia or I something. Alzheimer's is what I read. And because he's forgetting things and... Um, Minor things like... Yeah. But Teddy Roosevelt, not exactly. Franklin Roosevelt, said something. He's misquoted him. But it's it's interesting. You know, it's an interesting arc because uh, Tate Donovan plays his chief of staff, and it's it's almost like they're trying to just get him through this term. They're trying to get him through this term without anybody finding out that he's suffering from this disease. And it's interesting uh, story. Uh, it re- the action really picks up, and the story really starts going in the second hour, where Jack uses Chloe to locate. Uh, these potential, potential uh they're threatened to kill the president. Well, or what, I, man, I can't remember right now. Yeah, the story, it's tough to figure out what's going on. It's only been like the second hour, but there's the um, a rogue programmer who has figured out how to commandeer oh, right. military drones, drones and, and use them against that's right. their uh pilots while making it look like the pilots the one who did it. Yeah. Yeah. 
because also the kid from Attack the Block is in there, and the end of the first episode is a drone takes out a whole military, y- military caravan. caravan that has British and American soldiers in it, and he didn't do it, and they think he did. And this is in the midst of a uh, the president is in London to sign some kind of peace accord mm-hmm. with, which is weird because we're friendly with them. What are we trying to strengthen our? Um, I'm sure you know. There's so Britain. many political things that we don't know. I'm sure it's like, oh, this is a pipeline from it, America. To- it, no, man, they're having like they. He flew over there, get some lobster, and hang out. They're gonna go see a show, <laughs> but it's a peace accord. But yeah, no, it was really cool seeing Jack come back. I I felt uh, Kiefer Sutherland hasn't missed a beat playing the character. He doesn't get to say any lines till like the forty-five minute mark. Yeah, in the first episode, he doesn't say anything. Hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, it's interesting because. But, but, he, but he is does. he in it a lot? He's just yeah. never talking. That's cool because they're trying to interrogate him, and you know they're trying to use torture against him. And you know Jack's not going to crack. Yeah, <laughs> he was in a Russian prison. How long was he in Russian uh, Russia for? Two Did years. Ever, two years. Yeah, two yeah. years. And then he went to China, and he's captured by the Chinese. He's not wait, wait, wait. No, he Russian prison wasn't. Wasn't he captured by the Russians, and that's why he was friendly with them? And he the got captured season. by the Chinese. Yeah, but in the first season, why is the why do the Russians hate him again? The very first season. Yeah. Why do the Russians hate him? The Russians have nothing to do with season one. That's, they it's hate the him. Some some Russians hate him. That's season four because they kill. They go to the Russian consulate and then the Chinese oh, prime right. minister gets that's right. killed. That's right. But they're indifferent. It's the Chinese who hate him. And yeah. They capture him and torture him. So, anyways, the point <laughs> is Jack Bauer's not going to talk when he's tortured. But then he has some awesome Jack Bauer moments where he stabs some dude in the neck. Hell yeah. Yeah. shoots people it's so weird because he's been gone for so long and then he doesn't do it like he doesn't communicate with the audience for like a good hour yeah mm-hmm. so you're kind of left wondering like what and also like when he does talk he's usually talk about how he doesn't have friends and he's a loner it just feels like this distant character and you're kind of left wondering like how to get back in with him yeah. like he's doing cool stuff which mm-hmm. is awesome but you're kind of like wondering like what's his real motivation for what he's doing right now because he's being so secretive so you're just kind of like a lot you're just left wondering, and that's kind of odd because you're usually on the same page with Jack in the other yeah. Yeah, seasons. I, I think that's kind of on purpose, though, because he has been gone so long. That and I think because they only have 12 episodes now, yeah. so they don't have a lot of time to leave for mystery. Mm-hmm. So they're probably just getting it out of the way. Yeah, I'm sure they'll explain some more. I think, you know, because they want Jack to be rogue. I mean, you still don't know if you can trust him or... Uh, I mean, we all know at the end he's going to save the day, but maybe who knows? Maybe they'll do something totally crazy. Did you see the preview shots for like the next for the whole season that they showed? Uh-uh. There's like stuff where he's like in the same room with Audrey and stuff. Nice. So I'm wondering if it's he's fucked Audrey before. If you're wondering, yeah. James. Yeah, but she's remarried now. <laughs> he's going to kill Tate Donovan. I know it. I think deserves it. He's kind of a slimy. <laughs> he is. Prick. He is a prick. Where's Audrey? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. He's already killed one of her husbands. Yeah, he has. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Don't make him do it again. (laughs) When when Bauer wants the pussy, he'll kill husbands for it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. What if Terry Bauer comes back at the end of... (laughs) Dude. (laughs) I kind of want, like, something that shocking, like Nina still being alive. or Dude, if Nina came... Terry wasn't dead this whole time. Yeah, that'd be sweet. She was just in a Chinese prison. (laughs) Did the clock not make a noise when she was dead? I don't remember. I have to watch the first well, season. The, se- the season ended. Yeah. I think it was the sound clock. Was it? Oh, man. That's why she's still alive. I don't remember. <laughs> no, like sound, like, sound like clock I made means it. you're dead. The sound clock, Tick- I, th- I thought the no sound was you're dead. 
Yeah, it's silent clock, no sound. Is you're dead. You're dead. So if it ticking clock, clock means you're alive. Yeah. And Tony Almeida's still around. Yeah. He's in prison oh, somewhere. That's right. Because at the end of season seven. Yeah. Fuck, I love 24. Dana Walsh, dead though. <laughs> Probably should stay dead. <laughs> <laughs> and Katie Sackhoff, her character. Oh, God. She had nothing to do All right, with I'm that. out. I'm out. No, it was awesome. Kate, don't worry. He shot Katie Sackhoff in the face. I'm back in. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. I have a. I'm done talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> Just waste I have one her. more play. No, you don't. <laughs> Point blank range. Man. That's why we love Jack Bauer. I kind of wish when he had when he saw President Logan's. Oh, President Logan's not dead. Oh, dude, he might be a vegetable <laughs> somewhere. Oh, turkey neck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was so awesome when he donned that like paintball mask and stormed that Hell yeah. police or the presidential caravan. Yep. Kind of wish he was still like the superhero like that. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we still got we still got ten episodes to yeah, go. Yeah, we still yeah. got ten episodes. Yep. What else you watch, Brad? Oh, to <laughs> so, me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You, should, you should see Twenty Four Guys. Uh, I watched a bunch of stuff, mostly the Dick Van Dyke Show. Nice. Hmm. Um, se- season three and season four. This is the first time in a long time I've watched them back to back and stuff. Um, and s- like b- in the last decade, when I watched it a lot, b- between now I forgot which episodes were in which seasons. Mm-hmm. And watching it now, it's like three and four are just amazing. Oh like yeah, it's classic episode after classic episode. Um, I tweeted or I Facebooked. Uh, I was watching the Never Bathe on Saturday. Oh yeah, it's a great episode. Yeah, where Laura gets her toe stuck in the faucet in the hotel that they're staying at. Oh yeah, yeah. And they have to play, which is great. Like an interestingly sh- like um, staged episode where. Uh, Mary Tyler Moore has to act the entire episode in just her voice because the rest of the time you're just seeing Rob in this one room um, with different characters coming in and out. And um, the when it goes to commercial and comes back and you're finally in the bathroom where she's stuck in the tub um, and then the engineer comes to saw off the uh, faucet, I was like, God, that guy reminds me of somebody. Who is it? And I was like, it's kind of like Toodles from Hook. And so I looked it up, and sure enough, <laughs> and it's interesting because the actor is like thirty years old, yeah, and the character is saying that he's like I'm seventy five years old, <laughs> <laughs> so he's like forty year old difference. Uh, uh, yeah, so it's like funny. He's like super young, but he looks really old. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, he just died last year. So oh shoot, but he had like a pretty extensive IMDb page, so he's been doing a lot of stuff other than being Toodles and Hood. <laughs> <laughs> so. Kudos on him. Um, but yeah, just having tons of fun watching that again. And I, I don't have the Blu-ray set, so I'm still watching like the Shit. Netflix streamed low-res things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Blu-rays are like 75 bucks right mm-hmm. now. So. You get them. If I didn't just buy a jib crane, I might, <laughs> and I have to pay for DVDs and T-shirts. <laughs> so, um, And then the other thing, I, I watched something else by camera, but, was, but the other thing I watched was Four Rooms. Oh yeah, which yeah. Is the, have you never seen it before? I'd never seen it before. It's oh, an Gino anthology. Rodriguez, right? Yeah. yeah. Which which Tarantino rooms did Rodriguez? you actually enjoy? Only the last one. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> the other three that were sounds about right. Uh, I guess the Rodriguez is my second favorite, but yep. It, the first oh, one's horrible. Yeah. I don't even remember who does that one, but the one with the witches. Yeah, that was just and, like uh, what? What's the point of this? Uh, yeah, Madonna. Obviously, it's probably just some stupid fantasy, but it was like it just wasn't entertaining. It's not shot interestingly. Yeah. Um. And then, who uh, does the one with the um? Because because the kids Rodriguez, Rodriguez is the kids with the with the dead body in the bed. Yeah. And then who does the other one? 
I don't remember the name for that one. Uh, but it's that's the one the, where the the husband has his wife tied up. Yeah, yeah, and a chair, yeah. Um, and it's too bad because I really like Tim Roth's character. Do you? I thought he was all I mean, over the map. Yeah, I guess. Like in the f- in the opening, you think he's like this submissive, like oh, I'm starting this new job. But then, yeah, the you know after the titles, he's uh, it's who, either Allison Anders or Alexandri Alexander Rockwell. Oh, I don't know which yeah. one directed was right. That yeah, they're the ones whose um, sections were shitty and never had careers. I don't know. He just like he seemed like so cartoonish and over the top. Yeah, no, he totally is. But I, I like I liked. I guess I liked the premise of what that should have been, where he starts off being submissive, and by the end, like you know, when he takes that that finger off and just like grabs money and walks out of the room, like well, that's like cool, that arc that's is Tarantino's. cool. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean that that one story I think is. No, it's not worth seeing the whole thing because you could just watch that one. Yeah, um, I would but that the story movie to just is be that. Yeah, that story is worth watching. Yeah, and it's um, it's directed and shot so like interestingly. Like yeah. there's entire. It's almost like it feels like it's four shots entirely, and then mm-hmm. everyone's playing these long extended sequences of just acting. Yeah, especially even to the end in the credits, like when the guy's like running out with his finger and like bruce willis is like carrying him and stuff like yeah it, the movie's over and they're still acting out this one scene and the camera's just focused on the hallway yeah so uh, this is impressive yeah um and yeah it's like after this whole big speech that tarantino's character gives and then he just chops off that finger and like runs with the money i'm like i was expecting to like one two three one two three like with the lighter and just like right. it flickers on the first one <laughs> it's like awesome it's so good so yeah um yeah, it's too bad because that movie, like the premise for that movie, is really cool. Um, yeah, but it just doesn't people were saying because I had this idea for this uh, movie about a a gold. <sighs> I probably shouldn't even talk about this. Never <laughs> <laughs> mind. Okay. So, uh, so I had <laughs> so I had this idea for a movie about this because uh, you're afraid we someone's going to steal your idea, huh? Afraid someone's gonna steal your idea? No, I'm just wondering if I'm gonna end up explaining it way too long. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> well, the short version. As I started talking about, it, I was like, "Oh, I gotta explain this other part of it." So when we were looking for locations for John Claude Van Damme, Van, we needed. We were looking at hotels, and one of the hotels I looked at said that it's one of these fancy ones. So if you rent a room, you get a complimentary goldfish. What? Yes. So, but you have to ask for it. <gasps> Holy but, shit! Yeah, you can have a companion goldfish for your stay. That's and so, so I was weird. like, so do you get to take the goldfish with you? Like, if you become attached? I don't know. I didn't rent the room. Oh, my God. But that just made me think. So, there's a closet at this hotel full of goldfish. Yeah. In either little bags or bowls. And probably right. somebody whose job it is to feed them. Someone's job is to feed them. Someone's job to replenish them. Uh huh. And so I was thinking, well, flush them out. What happens uh, if no one knows about this complimentary goldfish? So, they have no reason to stock a bunch of them. Until finally they get caught, someone asks for a goldfish and they don't have any, so they got to send some minimum wage lobby boy to run across PetSmart and get a goldfish. And then they could... uh... So anyway, the movie would be based on this goldfish that gets sent around to all these different rooms, and you watch those stories unfold through the goldfish's eyes. Oh, yeah. Yes. So that was... Oh, yeah. So it could be like four rooms and you just like the goldfish moves in. Yeah, and so people are saying like that sounds like four rooms, but I'm like... My idea sounds better than four rooms after watching four rooms, <laughs> except for the. Well, it depends on part. what the rooms are. 
Like that's the thing. Like yeah, you have to have yeah. More the rooms all have rooms. to be yeah. That's you know the 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 lobby boy is not what's wrong with four rooms. What's wrong with four rooms is Madonna and that shitty story about she's the what's wife. wrong with Dick Tracy. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, um, yeah. The boobs were great. Thanks. Yeah, great. <laughs> Shows her boobs in that movie. No, not Madonna. The yeah. other two. All girls. the other. I was gonna say, yeah. I don't the, the other, other, the other witches, witches. I haven't seen that movie in so long. Yeah. yeah, like just two of them arbitrarily. Like, and there's the other <laughs> ones. Sure, it's like. Uh, totally unnecessary. Uh-huh. Although I'm oh. grateful, thank you. But <laughs> oh. <laughs> if they're not all going to do it as which characters, I just don't see the point. Yeah, if there. you're not going to be committed to, well, we'll talk about unnecessary nudity later. There is no such thing. And Madonna doesn't, which is like, didn't she? she she's in Madonna. her own music videos. She only does it when she's making a book about sex. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, four rooms only worth seeing the last. No, totally. Ten minutes or something. I think it's worth like so. Get the Blu-ray and skip to that chapter. Yeah, yeah. no. I was just gonna say like I think it's worth buying the Blu-ray for that chapter. Yeah, it's really good. But only watch that one. That's it for me. Cool. I think. Jay, uh, I watched a couple things. I actually I rewatched a whole lot of stuff because I'm getting ready to move. So I'm like I rewatched How to Train Your Dragon and I rewatched um, Trains, Planes, and Automobiles and a bunch of different things. Uh, but uh, the two things that I checked off this week were uh, well, we'll start with the fun one. So, uh, I watched Return of the Living Dead this week because nice. uh, I got the Blu-ray and checked it off of my list of shame. <laughs> um, it's really fun. It like, is. It's a fun that movie. movie is like kooky as hell. It, uh, is. it, it is not. You know, I so I bought it at the same time that I bought uh, Night of the Living Dead, mm-hmm. and of course, like one of them is a very serious zombie movie, yeah. and the other one is like. There's this woman who just gets naked yeah. and is naked, fully naked. Well, except for her leg warmers, because it's the yep. 80s, for the rest of the yep. movie. Um, yep, even she's a zombie. ridiculous. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then she's like running around yep. naked, biting people and eating their brains. See, that's necessary nudity. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that movie's really fun. Like, it's weird. It's definitely weird. You should listen to the commentary with Dan O'Bannon. It's good. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Cool. Cool, yeah. cool. I'll have to. You should. Um yeah, I've, I'm kind of excited. I want to talk to Paul Salmon about it again now, like mm-hmm. having having uh, actually seen that one. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun, you know. Uh, some of the, especially like the performances of the two guys who end up like who start the whole thing in opening yeah. the container. Like their performances aren't very good, but they're not very good in just the right way where yeah. it's actually kind of fun. Like yeah. especially the older guy yeah. who's like supposed to just be like stressed out the whole time, and you know, um, but he's not. A very yeah. good actor, to be completely honest. Uh, or at least as in that role, he's not. Um, it's, yeah, it's, I think it's worth seeing. And the, um, the animatronics are actually really No, the special good. effects are pretty cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, there's a, there's a couple times where it's like, meh. But, like, especially the, like, the dark, you know, zombie that comes out of oh, the thing. Oh, the tar the man? He's awesome. Yeah, whatever that guy yeah. is. It's called um, tar man. Oh, okay, cool. Brains. He's, yeah, he's really cool. <laughs> More um, brains. <laughs> and at the the opening sequence with the credits where, like, he's sort of born, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, that whole thing. Like, the effects in that are really good. Um, yeah. The, it was the, creepy. The, the only one that I think's like, hokey in it is when the skeleton comes out of the ground. Oh, and he's, totally. Like, yeah. Pure white skeleton. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, wait, how's that um, reanimated? Yeah. Um, and it's, like, a, a kind of cool take on, on zombies, you know, yeah. as far as, like, because, you know, you can't just destroy you can't kill, you them. Can't kill them really at all yeah and then if you if you burn them up they just spread more like yeah, yeah it's pretty impressive it's interesting um i think you could you could use that idea as in a real zombie movie um which it's un, maybe it's unfair to call this a like say that this isn't a real zombie movie but you know <laughs> what i mean like um it's definitely the first like 
uh, zombie funny movie. Yeah. I mean, um, the the story behind it is John Russo wanted to make uh, Return of the Living Dead, and he actually wrote a book, which I own, called Return of the Living Dead. And uh, that book is really uh, dark and really sad, where um, people have learned to deal with zombies. And so the opening chapter in the book is they go to this funeral with this kid, and uh, the final um, couple pages is how they all take railroad spikes to the dead and they stick it in their head and hit them into their head so they don't come back. Hmm. And so, uh, and a bus like crashes outside of town and nobody notices it crashing and then all the zombies come back. Hmm. So it's a really interesting take on it. And MGM owned the right to the living dead. And that's why uh, Romero started doing Day of the Dead and not yeah. Living Dead. It's It's a really weird uh legal thing and dan o'bannon read russo's script he's like oh, i'm gonna make it fun and so he just changed everything about it and just made it goofy <laughs> which is funny because you know dan o'bannon you know wrote alien and um, yeah oh yeah, yeah so yeah. he's uh able to stretch his comedic muscles i guess yeah it's one. weird because he could have he could have made an amazing I think zombie movie too. um but chose to make something that was like almost slapsticky yeah in a lot of ways <laughs> fun um but yeah no it's good um so weirdly over the top. It um, is. You should watch that documentary you got me. I will. <laughs> More brains. It's Yeah, yeah. It's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have to check that out. Um, so then the other one that I checked off this week was um, In the Heat of the Night uh, with Sidney Poitier. Yeah, I've um, seen that one. Oh, dude. Okay, well, then I need to bring it to you because it's, it's really good. Uh, so basically, Sidney Poitier plays, um, uh, what's his name? Not Terrence Tibbs. Anyway, Mr. Tibbs, right? Uh, and he's a... Um, I'll back up a little bit. It starts with this like long, pretty silent sequence where this cop is uh, driving through this small Mississippi town, doing his rounds in the middle of the night, and he comes across this body. And we find out uh, it's it's actually kind of charming. The next scene in the morning, like they just get some local kid who's a photographer to take the crime scene photos. Um, you know, there is like the exact opposite of CSI and it sort of shows you like, okay, this is a small town that doesn't really know how to deal with a, a murder. Uh, and it, uh, the person who was murdered is this rich sort of engineer CEO kind of guy. Um, they don't really make it clear what he was going to do, but he was, uh, he and his wife had moved to town along with a bunch of engineers who were going to build this factory that was going to make the town really rich. Um, but sort of the the politics that start to come out of that is that if they build this factory, they're going to need a lot more workers and a lot more black people are going to move into the town in order to fill those jobs in Mississippi. Um, and so there's this sort of underlining racism going on and this theory that that is why he was murdered. Um, at the same time, uh, Mr. Tibbs is waiting for a train. Uh, and when they're, they, they go out because of course the, uh, the, the sheriff who, um, his first thought is like, oh, probably some hobos came through town and killed this guy. Uh, so yeah. they the cops go out trying to look With for somebody. Their stick and handkerchief tied over their shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like the, <laughs> <laughs> um, the 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 one deputy goes and and runs into Mister Tibbs at the at the police station or at the train station. Um, just sees some black guy he's never met before and arrests him. Uh, and when he takes him back to the sheriff, Mr. Tibbs reveals that he is a detective from, I believe, Philadelphia or Boston. Uh, and he is on like their, he's their special, um, like homicide detective, mm. right? Conveniently. Uh, and, uh, the, the local sheriff calls his boss, calls the Mr. Tibbs boss. And, and while they're on the phone, Mr. Tibbs boss tells Mr. Tibbs like, look, uh, 
this town clearly doesn't know how to handle a homicide. You need to stick around and help these people. And Miss, and Tibbs is like, fuck no. Like, these guys are racist assholes. I don't want to help these people. Um, and so the rest of the movie is not even really about the mystery. I mean, it is. Like, they, they solve the murder mystery. Spoilers. Um, but it's really about how uh, Tibbs and this sheriff who uh, sort of... Um, navigate their relationship in some ways because the sheriff is not even necessarily a complete racist like he's got some racist tendencies to him um but he also has sort of this power mentality where he doesn't like having this other guy there trying to solve this stuff for him and and you know tibbs is is trying to find the truth and of course he's more concerned with the truth than sort of the politics of the town and all that stuff um but at the same time like even tibbs is lured into some of the the sort of racist thoughts and and uh mm. and issues in some really interesting ways that i don't want to reveal too uh, too much um it's a really awesome movie uh sydney portier is amazing like he's really he really a Academy badass that, he? oh yeah, yeah 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 he did um and and like tibbs is an absolute badass in this movie he's really cool uh and the the, the mystery itself is a really good one like it's um it's one where you you do get you get all the players about halfway through and you could theoretically put together who the who the killer really is, but um, uh, so it's kind of neat to see them actually solve it or see him actually solve it. Uh, so totally worth checking out. Again, probably this is definitely one of my favorites that I've I've got a chance to go back and see. Nice, because um, this is a movie that is is really fun and that I would I would watch over and over again. Um, so yeah, if you guys haven't seen it, you should check out In the Heat of the Night because it's, it's really cool. It sounds dirty, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, no, because the guy was was murdered. Also, it's got like that Ray Charles song plays uh, often throughout the movie, um, so I think that's why they called it that, probably. But it's cool. Nice. That's everything from this week. So I remembered the thing I was forgetting. Oh yeah. Okay. I watched Wrong Cops. Oh yeah. Oh, Did you, didn't you you watch that like a week ago and and like fell asleep halfway through? Did I say that last week? Yeah, yeah. You, I think you talked about it on the show. But anyway. So you did you you rewatched it and yeah apparently I forgot I did that but did you finish it this time I did oh okay cool oh yeah you're right sorry yeah I already talked about this well but you haven't talked about having finished it when we when we <laughs> last talked about it you would like watch it and fall asleep so we couldn't really count it so did you watch it was it yeah I watched did you all stay way awake yeah but it didn't help anything <laughs> <laughs> I, I like rubber I like wrong um, and this was just. It was very similar, but also, like, what was going on wasn't very interesting. Hmm. Shoot. So, it's just these cops, and they're just doing, like, one's dealing drugs, and then one's trying to get the Eric Warheim cop is just trying to get this chick to show him her, show him her boobs. <laughs> um, like, there's this long sequence where it's just like, you're going to show me your breasts, and I'm going to shoot you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I don't think you can do that. Look. If you don't show me your breasts, I'm going to shoot you in the face. This is a real fucking gun. <laughs> it just goes on and on like that forever. Um, and then this um, one guy is like, I think he was shot by the drug dealer cop. And so he has to, he gets, he blackmails some guy into like carrying him, like driving around town, but he just won't die or something. Yeah. Um, just all, yeah, all this random stuff and. I don't know. I was working on stuff at the time, but I still watched all the way through. So maybe I should just pay attention to it entirely because it's so disjointed <laughs> and bizarre. But yeah, 
Wrong cops. Hit or miss. <laughs> make up your own mind on wrong cops. Yeah. Because Brad can't make it up for you. <laughs> <laughs> like there's, there's no characters to like. Yeah. Like in Wrong, yeah. the guy is trying to find his dog. Um, you know, th- that's kind of like, you can kind of identify with that. And the, even the, the dog psychic. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 he's Yeah, he's interesting enough. Like he's so bizarre <laughs> that you're like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and then in Rubber, there's the whole commentary on movies and things. Yeah. And weir- general weirdness. But yeah, Ron Cops is just like, wow, this is just <laughs> a bunch of like over-the-top offensiveness, which yeah. I don't have a problem with. It's just wasn't. It's like in movie 43. You know, like, you'd think Hugh Jackman with balls on his chin would be like the best thing ever, but you actually watch the movie and you're like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't funny at all. Uh, that's pretty good. Real news. It's real news. All right. So this week in real news, we're just going to play a game because I don't think there was really any news except for one, well, a lot of the same thing. So... This game is going to be called Renewed, Cancelled, Who Gives a Shit, or Yeah! Can all my answers be Who Gives a Shit, and I'll just take a break? Sure. <laughs> all right. Um, so I'm going to name a TV show, and you're going to tell me if it was Renewed, Cancelled, Who Gives a Shit, or Yeah! Community. Aww. Cancelled. Only because I know that. Yeah. That is correct. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Renewed. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is good. It could have been a couple of weeks ago. It could have been who gives a shit. But uh, everything having to do with like like just before and since Post-shield. Um, uh, Winter Soldier has been really cool. Um, Revolution. Mm. Uh, I think it's canceled. It was, like, yeah, it was canceled. It was canceled. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Dracula. Who gives a, a shit? Show? Who gives a shit is the correct <laughs> answer. Thank you. Wait, I know. I was like, wait a minute. There is a Jonathan Reese Myers. I think was in that. Yeah. Uh, play it again, Dick. What the fuck is that? Who play it again, Dick. Like it's play it again, Dick. Is the um, soon-to-be spin-off show from Veronica Mars that is centered around the character know. of Dick and co-written by Rob Thomas. Okay, I see. So that. unfortunately, the correct answer was yeah. But nice try. Uh, Orange is the new black. Uh, that's definitely renewed. Definitely yeah. renewed. Uh, Hannibal. Renewed. renewed, renewed, which is really great because that means that for once that guy gets a show that well, has I, more than two seasons. the third season of a show. Well, well yeah. I was reading that uh, NBC doesn't care because it's all financed overseas, so whatever. Yeah, it's actually really cheap to produce that show. Um, which I read that recently, and then started realizing that like, yeah, every scene takes place in a room, and it's like yeah. the same rooms they've been using for two seasons. Um, Triumph the insult, comic dog had a show. <laughs> uh, no, he's getting one, but who gives a shit? Uh, the Gold- That's like <laughs> 10 years too late. I know. Uh, the Goldbergs. Canceled? Uh, technically renewed, but still, who gives a shit? And Constantine. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a new it's show. It's a new yeah. show, which so did get picked up. So, yeah! Yeah! Probably. Did, didn't get picked up? No, it did get picked up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's TV shows. You didn't mention Agent Carter getting picked up? Yeah, Agent Carter. Uh, oh, yeah, see, that's right. The that's logo right. for it's badass. Yeah, that's right. Agent Carter got picked up, too. I I really only wanted to talk about Play It Again, Dick. So, yeah. That's it for news? That's it. Well, unless you want to talk about the fact that Spring Breakers is getting a sequel, and it's called The Second Coming. Is uh, it spelled C-U-M-I-N-G? No. Because then I'd be excited. You didn't see, clearly you didn't see Spring Breakers, because even that wouldn't make me excited. I want to talk the, about the only awesome show that got picked up called Gotham. 
Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, that was already picked up. I mean, they've been producing that for a while. They've been producing the pilot, but it got officially set to series. So oh, really? Yeah, I thought it, it, and I given thought a trailer. It, yeah. Like, crazy fast. Yeah, I thought trailer it had already been picked up. 24, and I, I was watching the commercials of 24. I'm just like, oh, here comes another police procedural. Fuck. And yeah. then all of a sudden, like... You see the boy and his two parents get shot. And like, <laughs> I know what this is. <laughs> oh, shit. Here it comes. Yeah. And it, it looks pretty cool. I'm excited. It does. Before I was like, uh, it's going to be like Arrow or Smallville or something. But no, it looks pretty. Uh, it's like on par with, you know, those premium like Breaking Bad. Uh, yeah. You know, they're going to put money behind it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it looks good. Um, and to be fair, even the first season of Smallville, Smallville was good. And I don't like Superman. I'm just talking um, like production value wise. Totally. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it looks good. Yeah. I'm interested to see what they do with the early years. Yeah. Because they're saying like on Entertainment Weekly, the producer or something was saying that by the end of the show, Batman's going to don the mask um, if they get, you know, seven seasons or something. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, well, even as a kid, he has to go away for 10 years to train as League of Shadows and then come back to Gotham. So. It can't really do that. <laughs> well, they can tell a story that doesn't necessarily. Yeah, I guess they could tell their like, own thing. Yeah. Um, the uh, the the thing that worries me more about it is the um, uh, is the fact that they have the villains in the show, and I'm not sure. Like, is is Gordon going to be fighting like the Riddler? Yeah, is I that? Take it. I, I mean, I, I I'm I it worries. Me. I'm not saying they couldn't do it. I, it just is the part of it that seems more CW-ish in the way that they're telling the story. Yeah, I don't um, think he'll be like fighting anyone. I don't mean like punching, fighting, but he'll like, be investigating. And it's I think it's more like I think we talked about this on like when we were talking about making a Batman TV series where the whole series spirals off like the murder of the Waynes isn't just a random killing by Joe Chill. Right. It's a planned killing by, like, Gotham's top, like, families uh-huh. in a power struggle or something. And so Gordon's going to start from the bottom and work his way up through, I guess, I guess, the next seven years. Yeah. Getting to... So I hope, like, Rupert Thorne's in it and stuff. Yeah. They'll come along. That would be cool. And then, in, like, halfway through, they'll introduce the Joker as whatever iteration the Joker is before he's the Joker. Yeah, but how do you fight the Joker without Batman? Well, if it's before the... Jo- I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just creates chaos. He probably will do stuff that will, like... He'll be hired by those families to throw Gordon off. I just hope Gordon yeah. has the mustache by, like, season three or something. Because <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't seem like Gordon right now. But. Yeah. That's the whole... It's it's really just the origin story of his mustache. And they, there's a shot of uh, the penguin, like, falling into, like, the water next to a pier. So I wonder if he, they might kill him. Or something. Well, and maybe like he falls in the water, and then a bunch of penguins like pull <laughs> him out. Control. Yeah, they pull him oh, out of the water, and then they like peck at him until he becomes the penguin. That'd be sweet. I can see them doing that to to the penguin character, killing him off early, in like a revisionist history. Or like he drops. I hope he, not. He gets knocked in, and then the water gets struck by lightning, and he becomes <laughs> <Yeah>. the penguin. <laughs> <laughs> or the bullet that hit him in the face like disfigures him to where he's like this weird like yeah, almost man penguin where he has to wear like this weird skin mask that. Makes him look more penguin-like. It it ruins one of his eyes, so he has to get like a the robotic monocle. monocle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now it really is down. And a top like... hat to cover like his exposed brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Cool. So we saw two movies this week. We did. Uh, I'm going to flip them. The, the second movie we actually saw was a movie called Blue Ruin, which is a draft house film, correct? 
Is that a draft house? I don't think it's a draft, it's a draft house. Draft house recommends. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it was recommended to us by Karen, the uh, manager of Alamo Denver. Um, she hadn't had a chance to see it, but she wanted us to see it so we could tell her if she should see it or not. And James, should people go see Blue Ruin? Um, I definitely think it's worth checking out. It's a. I mean, it's a. You've got to be in for a a very indie dark revenge film. Um, but I think the way that they tell the story, especially for the first half and just the story in general that they're telling is, uh, is really cool. Um, it's a slow burn. Um, but I like the way they're telling that story. Brad. Uh, yeah, I think it's worth seeing. I don't know if I would see it again, Yeah, but it's definitely a well crap. Like if you want to see an exercise in, in, uh, projecting real suspense in a movie for like sure, making you sit there like wondering, Oh, what's going to happen next? Because really, throughout the whole movie, I was like, where is this going to go? Mm-hmm. Um, there's all these kind of twists and turns that throw you off. Um, I, yeah, I think it's worth a watch. And a, and a project in like telling a story without a character talking for yeah. the movie. But. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting movie. I think you should check it out. I don't know. Again, I, yeah, I don't know if I'd see it again. Yeah. Because um, I think I saw everything I needed to see in it. It's very methodical uh, and shows yeah. you a lot of the detail. I'm not. I'm try, not sure it's a movie that most people are going to like, love or walk away from with something. But I, I think it's impressive. Sorry. Yeah. Um. You're right. Uh, here's a trailer for Blue Ruin. Uh, I, I hope we can find it. I'm sure it's on <laughs> the APK website. I don't know. I apologize for the mystery. I don't mean to scare you. You're not in any trouble. I just thought you should be somewhere safe when you found out. With somebody. He's going to be released. I don't know how much you they are missed. Yeah, I think I think we actually had uh, probably the benefit of not having seen the trailer because, like, yeah. like you said, Brad, you know, I never knew where it was going, and there were a couple times where I realized, like, I have no idea what what's going to happen. Like after the first time he kills somebody, I was like, well, shit, is that the move? Like, okay, now what? Uh, and having not seen a trailer was actually kind of nice. Um, so, yeah, because yeah. we totally went into it just cold. Totally. Uh, I was driving to the Alamo, and James called me and said, hey, do you want to see a movie at 945? 
Karen will get us tickets. I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'll see it. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the title s- doesn't tell you anything. No. Yeah. I'm still not entirely sure what the title means. Um, um, the, the movie is, is this guy's been living as a drifter ever since his parents were murdered. Of course, you don't find this out till about 45 minutes in the movie. Because mm-hmm. um, he doesn't talk for 45 yeah, minutes. T- uh, but then he's conveniently told by a cop that the person who murdered his parents is getting out of jail. And all of a sudden he gets into like this mode where he's... Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> he's, yeah, like he's, he's been planning this. He's been planning this day forever where he's going to go kill this guy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it takes a really weird turn. And I mean, he doesn't say anything. Uh, what's the first thing he even says? Is it the... When that um, little boy it's gets when out the boy of the gets limo. out of the yeah the yeah. boy gets out of the van and he's and the boy's uh, oh no is in the thrift store he's, he's like uh, do you have any stamps I think it's the first thing oh that's he right ever you're said. right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Do um, stamps so anyways he drives to Virginia and he stabs that dude in the side of the head yeah <laughs> with a knife and that's like what twenty minutes twenty five minutes into yeah. the movie um, and then the rest of the movie is kind of you the, learn that maybe what he thought isn't true mm-hmm. and. Uh, and he's got to deal with the repercussions of that. It, yeah, the repercussions. Um, his he meets his he, estranged sister, and his sister isn't upset that he, uh, he killed this guy. But uh, he, what's it's really? It was a sister. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was like his ex-wife or something. No, no, it's his sister. Um, but the it, and it's really cool the way that they do that because since he doesn't talk, um, and they actually, I, I at least for me, they did a really good job of like getting me invested in that character even without him talking like you know just seeing um well seeing at first the way he lives and then how you know when that switch gets flipped how dedicated he is to the idea of trying to kill this guy Mm -hmm. um you you kind of get on his side and you kind of like him a little bit um or you at least know who he is but then the fact that um so he goes he stabs that dude in the head and you're like man he pretty much got away with it and things get a little bit messy but then they start revealing to you that he's not because you assume like, well, he's gotten away with it because he's just some like homeless yeah. guy. Like nobody's going to be able to figure out who he is. Um, but they're just the right things kind of go wrong for that that revenge story to just get messier and messier and messier. And I don't mean just because they because he keeps failing or anything like that. It's just that the sort of story they're telling is that revenge like that is messy because even the motivation, even him doing it to begin with is motivated by someone else's revenge Mm -hmm. um so yeah i i think it was i think it's cool it is cool um you know it it does suffer a little bit i think sometimes the dialogue isn't very sharp um i I won't i won't say what scene it's it's towards the end um and and i think the pace sometimes suffers in it It are you talking about the like the big scene at the end oh okay okay um the pace is a little um goofy at points um but I mean, overall, for an independent revenge movie, yeah. I thought is is a pretty well made movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, I, I I like the lead actor. I think they cast the right guy where he's really unassuming, and you realize yeah. that he's ill equipped for this kind of right. kind of thinking and revenge. Because he is like, I don't want to say he's he's sort of badass at the beginning, but like he's able to pull that stuff off. And so, well, cause he has because, the motivation for it. Yeah. Well, and I think we're just trained as moviegoers to assume that like, he's going to outsmart these people. And like the mm-hmm. things he does, we sort of assume that he's being successful because he's outsmarting them. Um, but then like what the other characters start saying to him and what he starts learning, you start realizing like, no, he's like his sister straight up says like, you're just weak. Like you're not, 
It's not yeah. even that like you did anything wrong. It's just that you're weak. Um, and then as he learns other stuff about what really happened, you realize like he's also just not right all the time. No. Um, yeah, it just sort of gets muddied mm-hmm. in some really interesting ways. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say about Blue Ruin. Yeah, I don't want to like... Well, it's really quiet and there's really not much to say. Yeah. Um, it's engrossing the whole time, though. It is. Like, even when... Because it is so methodically placed, paced. Um, even when it's quiet for a really long time, I never was like bored. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think any of the... I don't think any of the beats as far as like what happens or what goes wrong or anything like that, they never feel unnatural or forced to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could, you could argue that like him stabbing the tire is a little bit like, why did he do that? Well, I don't, I don't know. He yeah. did it cause he was pissed. Yeah. Um, and it seemed like a good idea at the time. And then like <laughs> everything really gets fucked up because of that. Um, but yeah, no, I really liked it. I did. Yeah. How about when the guy got his face shot off? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Dude. Yeah. But see, I kind of knew awesome. that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, oh, I didn't see it coming. No. no, I mean, uh, not that way, but I, I had a feeling his buddy would come to the rescue. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was cool. Yeah. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So if you see it, check it out. Blue Ruin. In your local theater. We also saw Neighbors starring Seth Rogen and Zac Efron. Brad, should people go see Neighbors? Uh, yes, I guess. Yeah, it was funny when I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it was funny at the time. I don't know if I, like, am ex- like in... I need to go right and see it again type yeah. thing. But it, it was funny when I saw it. <laughs> James, did people go see Neighbors? Yeah, I, I think it's really funny. I, I actually do kind of agree with you, Brad. Like, it's a movie that I think is really funny but wouldn't necessarily be funny five times. Um, but I think it's a movie I'll, I'll probably buy at some point because I think it, it's good. But it's not like – it doesn't have that sort of lasting comedy sense that I get out of like a – incredible Burt Wonderstone where I want to watch that movie like just because the performances are so good yeah um but it's totally a fun uh it's a fun movie with a lot of really 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 funny moments in it it's I think honestly really smart um Zac Efron's character is really good um so yeah I definitely think people should at least check it out uh yeah I should think you should go see it it's funny I laughed yeah and I had a good time I watching a lot. the movie um I I'm always I'm a big fan of Dave Franco for some reason I just yeah just he's really good at playing a douchebag. Um, <laughs> well, he's not a douchebag in this movie. He's actually yeah, the he kind of is. He's definitely still got some douchebag to him. Yeah. Um, but here's here's the trailer for Neighbors. Oh God, it's happening! Woo! This is so spontaneous. This is crazy. I've never had sex in a dining room chair in my whole life. Oh yeah. She's staring at us. She can't see anything. She just sees shapes. She sees shapes fucking each other. I gotta turn her around. We're back in business. Oh, oh yeah. She keeps looking. Turn around. Look, new neighbors. Is that a fraternity? Look at that guy. He looks like something a gay guy designed in a laboratory. We have to go over there. We've got to be cool. And we say, by the way, keep it down. Well, we won't say it like that. Like... Keep it down. Nicole, let me know. Welcome to the hood. You're welcome. Also, if you could maybe just uh... keep it down. That's your chick. If we're too noisy, call me first. Don't call the cops. Okay. okay. I'll go tell them to. Yeah. Call the cops. Do it anonymously. 
Oh, shit. He sold us out. You called about your neighbors? No. We have call ID. We're cops. Everybody has call ID. You guys just woke a sleeping giant. Welcome to the darkness, bitches. Little dramatic. We're throwing a Robert De Niro party. You called the cops. You violated the circle of trust, Falker. Who are you? I'm Sam Jackson from Jackie Brown. That's actually Al Pacino. The path of the righteous man. That's the wrong Sam Jackson speech. Fuck you, Sam Jackson. If you want some, come get some. Great. That's really funny, guys. I'm pissed off. Bravo. We can fucking beat that. Who has that been inside? I have a darkness inside of me and you will see it. We're just getting started. So I, I, I was telling my wife, I, my favorite, and I was telling you guys, my favorite line in the whole movie is they're, the Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne come to their house and they, they close the door like, oh, she invite them in. And Dave Fringo says, I don't know, man, they're old. I mean, their baby's cool, but <laughs> <laughs> just a stupid line. And, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, the movie is is. Uh, the trailer says it all. These these frat guys move next door to this couple that just had a baby, and they try to one up each other. That's like the premise of the movie. Yeah. Um, who well, the, who is Seth Rogen's friend? I don't think I've ever seen him in anything before. Isn't he the uh, in Sunny in Philadelphia? Is he? Is he like the what the the uh, the army guy? No, the one who's the uh, like the the other family or something that used to. <laughs> The McPoyles? No, not the McPoyles. The other... God damn it. I just haven't watched that in a while. I don't know. I, he doesn't look... He's pretty funny in it, though. He's like this... He's good. Like, these these douchebags from school or something that... um, Like, the, he's like a total bro, bro oh. character. I don't remember. What's his Maybe, name? I can't remember that episode well enough to... Or if you're talking about the fa- the high school reunion. um, I can't remember well yeah, enough. Forget yeah, forget it. But uh, I think he might be an undeclared, though. Um, I know the the girl is, but or the, you know his his ex wife is. But anyway, you know what's funny is you see a lot of uh, Seth Rogen ass in this. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> I always think it's fu- <laughs> I always think it's funny in movies where um, I mean there's naked women, but it's not really focused on them. But there's lots of dude ass in it. Yeah, and I think it's on purpose. <laughs> like, uh, anyways, it's just them like trying to one up each other. Mm-hmm. Um, Christopher Mintz Plass, he's in it, but he really doesn't do anything. You just know he has a big wiener. Yeah. Um, there's one part where it's wrapped around that dude's wife's neck, like, really quick. <laughs> her new choker. Yeah, her <laughs> new choker. It's, like, really a quick shot. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, I mean, it's really funny. Uh, Rose Byrne's really good in it. Absolutely. Uh, she, it's kind of fun. I, I like seeing female characters not pigeonholed in just the, oh, I'm here being, oh, yeah. you know. She's she's kind of a badass in that movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. her her ideas of how they can fight her and, like, that that whole scene where she, like, orchestrates the 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 friend having sex with the yeah. other guy's girlfriend. <laughs> like dance off. And... It's, yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I especially love, like, when she has succeeded and the, yeah. those two are making out. And, like, she's just doing that, like, walk towards that, the yeah, camera. Yeah, like the hero so slow cool. motion walk. It's yeah. so cool. Uh, and yeah, even, she's great. You know, so Dave Franco's character sleeps with Zac Efron's girlfriend, 
and, uh, and then he, he doesn't know if he's mad. So the next day at the career fair, they have this bros before hose, like constantly rhyming stuff. And <laughs> then they're okay. It's and so then they good. have this huge dramatic like argument, and Franco says, "We rhymed, we rhymed." <laughs> you really think that rhyming would make me feel better? Yeah, <laughs> uh, but the movie too was would waver on slapsticky yeah. and just funny stuff. I mean, the part where they sneak into the house and they're trying to get to turn the party back on, and Dave Franco notices that you know the table shaking, and Rose Byrne throws. A bottle. Like a He's like, bottle. "What's that? <laughs> Scooby, ass fuck, ass juice. Ass juice let's, yeah. let's go investigate." <laughs> there's someone. So, on, there's an actor on IMDb who's credited as ass juice now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but man. it's just weird stuff like that. I mean, the movie is really funny. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, and then like the scene, the the whole fight sequence in the, the fight uh, sequence is brilliant. <laughs> upstairs is so good <laughs> when he like jumps to attack Zac Efron and hits his head on the fan. That's one of the funniest moments, man. And uses the, the trampoline to yes. repel the beer can <laughs> back at Zac Efron. <laughs> he catches it. Like, <laughs> yes, yeah, when he throws the beer can at Zac Efron and he catches it. I do have to say so that uh, maybe one of my favorite parts of the movie is the little thing that the Alamo shows before where Zac Efron and Seth Rogen are being interviewed by the workaholic guys. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just going back and forth about how hot Zac Efron is and yeah. how stupid Seth Rogen is. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really funny. You know, I'm Jewish. <laughs> you don't look Jewish. Um, so his his friend we were talking about, yeah. it wasn't the Always Sunny, it's the League. He's uh, Frank the Body Gibiotti. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, okay. Yeah, that's why he's familiar. All right. Yeah, I, I yeah. couldn't recognize him anywhere, but I like I knew him. High school yeah. reunion. Yeah. Their douchey friend from yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Zac Efron's really good in this. Yeah. Um, not even just funny, but like his character actually has a good story to him. Um, that's like, you know, it's not super over the top like dramatic or anything like that. But the fact that they even put that in there uh, and made him more of a likable character. Um, because if it had just been like, you know, douchey guys live next door and how does this family, it it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have stuck with me as much as I think this does like that. I think the story is, is actually really good. Dave Um, Franco calls out the whole, you know, my brother does the same frat stuff. Like all these stories that you're trying to live up to are the same. Like it's, it's all this like ruse that's been built up. It's, it means nothing. Yeah. Everyone does like has the same stories. Uh, and and it is like because Zac Efron's character is so cool for the first third or so of the movie that then like when they go to the uh, the job fair and he talks to the guys from AT and T, he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't know what AT and T does. <laughs> and then they're they're like, "What's your GPA?" And he's like, "Low twos." Nah, I'm just kidding. All straight ones. <laughs> and they're like, Wait, "You're too dumb." <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was really good. Um, and it's kind of cool. Like, I'll be honest. I, the guy who the guy from uh, high School Musical to me would never have been somebody that I would have expected to be as genuinely funny and talented as he really is. Um, yeah, and here's a here's a fun little scene with Rose Byrne and Seth Rogen arguing back and forth about what they're going to do. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just is, trying to make this review a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> is this really a scene? Because you've been giving me scenes that don't exist. No, I don't know. <laughs> Lately. <laughs> there wasn't a scene last week of Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy talking with each no. other. What scene did you put in? Well, I did the one in the in the storage closet, but mm-hmm. that's not how you described it in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is Roseburn and Seth Rogen. I'm sure there's a scene of them together. <laughs> With a baby, probably. Is that a balloon? Can you find a balloon? Oh, that's not a balloon! Oh, Jesus! 
HIV <gasps> is how bad this could have gone. The condom was unused. Why are you saying that to a couple of parents? Okay, okay. Ma'am, okay, 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 chill out, chill out. Speaking of which, the baby's fucking cute in that movie. The baby is the best part of the movie. I forgot about that. Oh my gosh. Like when they're fucking and he turns her away. Yeah. And then she turns her head like <laughs> smiling and super stoked. It's that, great. That baby has to grow up to be like some kind of actual star because the fact that they were able to like get that baby to act on cue and then the credits is the baby dressed up like all the actors oh so good it's great yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh man so am i the only one who noticed that so they went through all the trouble to get to the switch box in zach afron zach afron's room but there was a switch box on the outside that Christopher character. i I know i noticed control and they walked by it well you know that's that's the point yeah Yeah. he's like saying hey just don't let anybody know, but you can do this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's like the point of it. Yeah. Uh, there was no need for them to do all that stuff. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's I'm, a funny movie. Yeah. Totally next we're week, we're seeing Godzilla. Yeah, we are. I can't believe that's next week. I know. It's exciting. I feel like, I, what? so then X-Men, and mm-hmm. then what? Oh. The thirtieth. Is, is it a quiet? No, I just mean like it sounds like I mean for the whole summer, like until Guardians. <laughs> no, there's lots of stuff. It's just is there? Yeah. What am I forgetting? I don't know. Anyway, if you get for a second, I'll look it up. Yeah. All right. Um, I like Woody from Toy Story. <laughs> Woody is him. awesome. Did yeah. you guys see any cool teasers this week? Uh oh yeah well the red band oh, trailer for the 30th is Maleficent and A Million Ways to Die in the West. I was just going to say the the red band trailer for A Million Days to Die in the West is amazing. Then we have Edge of Tomorrow, How to Train Your Dragon 2 and 21 Jump Street the same day. Edge of Tomorrow is that early in the summer? Wow. Here's a bummer though. The only movie scheduled so far on June 20th is Think Like a Man 2. Well well there were two, two But what are we going to do on the 27th of June? We either have Transformers or Snowpiercer. Uh Snowpiercer won't be wide. Uh, Snowpiercer, Snowpiercer will be limited release, so we'll see Transformers. Dude, what the hell? On uh July 4th is the Melissa McCarthy Tammy movie. Um what? There's yeah, there's probably like again, a, again July 4th? Yeah. Independence Day? There's yeah. T- Big Willy Weekend? Yeah. <laughs> we have to wait a week for Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Oh man. Weird. Yeah. I can't believe we don't have like another huge movie coming out. Um, well, Transformers. So they probably That's are assuming. That's before, though. I know, but they're probably assuming the Transformers would ruin anything that weekend anyway. Because 4th of July is, I don't think, tradition. Like the actual 4th. Four- well, no, no, no. The weekend is usually. No, it's really huge. Really huge. So. Yeah. Yeah, I that is know. bad. That's um, what's coming out. And see any other cool trailers? Why? What am I forgetting? More teasers? Nothing? No. No. There's more people talking about Prometheus 2, but they aren't saying anything. Mm-hmm. But uh, why? What, what am I forgetting? That's okay. It's all right. Maybe, check Maybe I Facebook didn't see once it. in a while. Uh, oh, oh, you're talking <laughs> about Jean-Claude Van Damme's Damn Van. Yeah, there's a teaser for that out. It's, it's <laughs> good. It's good. So when it, are you done shooting that? No, How not the even close. Fuck <laughs> is there a teaser for it then? Because we had... Uh, two scenes worth that was able to be cut into 30 seconds. So <laughs> it's when's teasing. This gonna, when is this going to be done? There's going to be more. 
when it gets done. Come on, filmmaker. <laughs> fuck. Uh, I'm hoping before the end of July because I got shit to do in July. So Yeah, what are you doing in July? A 40-hour. Oh. oh, man. You're and crazy. Yeah. And then ho- hopefully we'll, we're s- we'll be writing season two of the pod show, I hope. Yeah. <sighs> so we can start on that next year. All right. Cool. Yeah. Godzilla. Godzilla. Bye. Send us back to the Stone Age. Bye. 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 Is that the tagline? No, oh, that's what Walter White says. Oh. <laughs> Walter White. Is that his name? I don't even know. Brian Cranston. I know, but that's his character's name in Breaking Bad, right? Yeah, Walter White, yeah. Yeah, well then, yeah, that's what he said. What? What? What's what? Anyway. Oh, we didn't talk about Mad Men. Just kidding. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6Nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.